most people would have their first tours be like four or one runs. Right. So it's pretty cool being <laughs> so like I like you that know, analogy it, there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like four or one runs where it's like yeah, a local band takes you on like the four or one. Like I, I like to call them on route tours because it's all like just a four or one like on route section of it. Yeah. And so it was nice knowing that I skipped that entire chapter of my life and I'm now like flying across the continent to to do. Something like that. So it's really yeah. insane. Test, test, one, yeah, two. That sounds good. At first, it was Perfect. just like. <laughs> clipping yeah because i'm like (laughs) (laughs) yeah no but i think we're all good here um awesome 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 yeah thanks everyone for tuning in this is another episode of the scoped exposure podcast i'm super excited to be sitting down with a friend of mine from the toronto uh gta alice thanks you so much for coming on the show thank you for having me and uh alice we got to meet officially i guess it would have been a just over a year ago at New Friends 2019. Yeah. Um, and I've been following your work for, for a minute and have uh, seen your work grow over, over the years. And uh, mm-hmm. to, to see you get certain opportunities to go on tour with bands and do certain things has been really, really cool. So I'm, I'm glad that we're <laughs> finally sitting down and getting to do this. Yeah. It's very exciting. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> sure. So um, before we get to like a uh, head... Uh, uh, I? I was about to say headstrong, but I don't want to give trap a free plug. Uh, before we get too um, too deep into it, can you just give me a formal intro of uh, who you are, how you be known, and like DIY or hardcore music, and what you do? Yeah. So uh, yeah, um, I'm Alice. I uh, I am a photographer. I've been I've been doing it for about three four years now. Um, I started off you know, just shooting at like a little basement in Ottawa. And then from, I didn't think that from like two years from now, I'd end up like going to like California and shooting. But um, I, I honestly just started off, you know, with like recognition from like the DIY and hardcore community, just by just going to shows, shooting shows, meeting with people and just being like, Hey, like, is it okay if I shoot? Like I, I you know, I start off with like a, like a camera of kit camera with like really awful apertures that use flash. And then I'd always be like, is it okay if I use like my built-in flash and like a dive <laughs> bar. And, um, you know, from then it, and then, you know, there, from then it was like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, you can shoot super excited to see your photos. And, um, from that, from that point on, it just grew, you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, uh, I, I shot, you know, like it started from like local bands to like, semi-local bands and then you know play shows like touring bands that played at like little dive bars in like ottawa or montreal or toronto and then from then it just like grew so i guess and from and then i guess with the traction i've got i've been getting from my photos from bands and and artists and people involved in the industry i just sort of gotten some recognition from other people through that yeah yeah it's always one band one opportunity one show at a time and uh you know the like we were talking just before we were recording the the grind is real when it comes to scheduling and you know yeah trying to balance (laughs) a normal life on top of that so yeah it's yeah yeah, it's pretty tough (laughs) yeah but it's Uh, worth it 
Yeah. So, um, you know, and I'd love to talk about some of like the, the evolution of the gear, because I'm sure a number of people who are watching or listening are a little bit nerdy in that aspect. But can you yeah. kind of uh, <laughs> give me some context about how you got into just like DIY and heavier music, like uh, first ample uh, albums yeah. you were listening to and just like how, <laughs> how that morphed uh, you into who so, you are? Yeah. So I got into I got into heavy music at a pretty young age. Um honestly like through anime actually oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah so um um it, it it just sort of delved from there um where i i didn't know the genre i was just like oh this is some heavy heavy stuff mm-hmm. and then um from some reason um i i went from like listening to anime like anime music to like oh indie because i went to high school and i wanted to please everyone so i was like <laughs> i'm gonna listen to some normal music right so some normie music uh normie music <laughs> so i i uh i started listening to um city in color a lot and from city in color i re- i also found out that dallas green was also in alexis on fire and i was like oh i've heard of that band before like it i didn't get into it but when i was super into like much music and all that like the good old golden days i did see <laughs> i did hear like an alexis on fire song here and there but i didn't get too into it so yeah. i said i'll give them a chance and then, so Alexis on Fire was definitely the first like heavy band I got into. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you know, it I got into like close hardcore. So it was just nice of the whole like you know like the whole unclean and clean vocals all together, just making something. Um, so from then, it, it it went from Alexis on Fire, and then it went to like Dance Gavin Dance, and then Dance Gavin Dance went to like like um, more like. I guess Rise Band, Rise Records core band. Sure. Yeah, um, sure. And then I got into the Blood, and then I guess the Blood was what pushed me from going from like softer post hardcore to more like grittier sound. Sure. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, so then I got I got a little bit bored with post hardcore at like a, at like fourteen, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, um, what I want to listen to more heavy music, but like more in like not like metal, but like more like something closer to post-hard cry I, did, I wasn't too fond of scream or anything but i was like i'll i'll try it out so someone recommended me sophie's floorboard okay. um which is just like uh it's like a blog with like a whole bunch of like screamo and metal and just core bands in general yeah um and then from then i i just looked up and then i think the first band that caught my attention was like state faults or brother bear at the time and then um I listened I listened to Brother Bear. I didn't listen to them a bit uh in like and since they started like in 2010, but I wasn't super into them as much. So I didn't know they changed their name to State Faults in like 2014. Listened to their um album Resonate Desperate and I listened to it and I was like, "Oh man." <laughs> like it it felt like I just like discovered gold right there. Right. So then from then I got into I got into into Screamo and then I guess my interest of screamo at the time with my interest of like post hardcore and like Midwest emo got me into the DIY scene. Um, so I moved to Ottawa for a little bit to go to Algonquin College for media design. And uh, I had my I had my camera at the time, but I never did anything serious with it. It was just like at the time I bought it because I was like, oh, it's a expensive big camera that I can shoot anything with. Sure. Yeah. And then. Yeah. Um, so I just did that, and then I went to my first little show at a little basement, uh, Leaky Bees, which is now like not a thing anymore. 
Um, that's a pretty that's a pretty baller venue name, I would say. Leaky yeah, <laughs> Leaky Bees. It's yeah. pretty cool. I think it's um, and um, so did my first show there, and it was like just like a bunch of like Midwest emo and like math mathy emo bands, and brought my camera there, and um, from then it, it just started off like that's I guess that's when my career started. I didn't take it too seriously. Right. Um, I was just like, oh, there's a show. I'll bring my camera. And then I met like people from like bands who were playing and then, um, you know, they give me their socials and stuff just to be like, hey, like if you're ever going to post these photos, here are my socials, like Instagram or whatever. Sure. And uh, then from there, it kind of just snowballed, you know, like I was like, oh, I didn't plan on taking it seriously. And then around like fall, it was just like, oh, I can make money off of this. Like band, local bands are talking to me about shooting for promos or covering their shows or no or i just it or it just be like a, a guest list you yeah. know like something small yeah. or free merch yeah. over it so it's pretty cool so i would say ottawa was kind of where it began and that's when i kind of got a name for myself mm-hmm. and then uh moved back moved to toronto uh, moved to montreal for a bit and um i guess from there i didn't do much you know i was still in school and it was a little busy time and then, uh, and then I moved to Toronto for school. And I think around around that time when I was when I moved here, I realized I started taking more photography more seriously. So I didn't do shows; I did more portraits and stuff. And I realized, gotcha. hey, gotcha. like I can do something with this. You know, yeah. like I've reached at a point in my career where I was like, oh, I I think I'm good enough to make money off of this. So I decided, hey, I I, I should do photography as yeah. like a, a living yeah um, and, and unfor- sorry sorry I yeah, it off there. sorry <laughs> that's okay but uh unfortunately like the schools here did not offer photography the way i wanted it it wasn't it wasn't commercial it was more like oh take a picture of a plant turn it into art and then there you go it was more like fine art photography and i realized that there wasn't if i left i probably wouldn't have learned much sure so i decided to go to toronto and go for um more commercial photography mm-hmm. And then from there, I think Toronto was definitely like my big break. Um, yeah. It was, it was, it, it was mostly because it was very expensive to live there. And I was like, man, I cannot just, I cannot live off of like paycheck to paycheck, just doing coffee for people under minimum wage. And my rent was like almost a thousand dollars a month. Like I couldn't make that happen. So I like, you know, I hustled more and I boss, I put myself out there more. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then like around what, around May, like May of like 2019, I got hit up by uh, Hayden from For Your Health, and they were like, "Hey, um, we we like your photos. We want to take we want to take you on tour with us in uh, in in September to to the West Coast section of their tour." And I was like, "Yo, that'd be sick because it's 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 a it's a beginning of a new chapter." 100%. And uh, and it's and it's not it's not in Canada. Like most people would have their first tours be like four or one runs. Right. So it's pretty cool being <laughs> so like I like you that know, analogy it, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like four or one runs where it's like, yeah, a local band takes you on like the four or one. Like I, I like to call them en route tours because it's all like just a four or one like en route section of it. Yeah. And so it was nice knowing that I skipped that entire <laughs> chapter of my life and i'm now like flying across the continent to to do something like that so it's really yeah. insane and from that and i from that point on it just got better and better and better yeah um more more people were like hitting me up and it was because that band was already up and coming so they had like a huge following already yeah so you know having like 
having like people from like bigger names in the DIY scene or in, or in the hardcore scene, seeing those photos was like, you know, and then they'd be like, whenever we're on tour, we'll hit you up. And I was like, yo. And then I was, the thing was, I was still in school. So I didn't miss a week of school for that. Wow. <laughs> but lucked out. Um, I was like, I lucked out a lot, you know, yeah. and, and I was like, oh, it's just the first week of school. I wouldn't miss much. And I didn't. And right. then I told my, and I, I told like my coordinator, I was like, oh, I wouldn't be there for the week. <laughs> right. And then, they were, and then they were like, well, if you're making money off of it, you'll do it. I don't care. Yeah. He, he, rather, he was like more happy that I got like a job than going to school. And I was like, sure. Well, shout out and, to that professor to actually realizing yeah. that you, you had some sauce to what you were going on. And yeah, um, it was, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Th there's a lot to unpack there. Um, but I, I think it's, it's really cool that you were able to kind of showcase the, you know, the gradual climb. And, you know, I, I think, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people that maybe want to rush to doing like photo and video work at, at, at live concerts. Obviously it's not yeah. the, the, the thing to do right now, just because there's no shows yeah. to, to document, <laughs> exactly. but, um, you know, not realizing the you know the hours and the grind of like you know not, like not going out to do like patio drinks on the weekend you're like you know grinding yeah. on the computer to edit you know like exactly. hundreds of photos that you took at, at a show um one thing i i wanted you brought up and i wanted to hit on um do you think that pans in the in the screamo community are a little uh similar in the punk sense where they won't have any social medias because when i was like posting all the sets from new friends i think maybe um i'm talking out of my own butt right now but i felt like half of the bands that i was trying to post i couldn't find any socials for yeah um i i like to think that uh it, yeah same same issue with me um and with new friends like i think out of all the bands i've covered maybe like maybe a handful of them like maybe like I can probably count with both my hands the amount of bands that had <laughs> yeah. socials and others where I had to like delve through like their personal accounts or whatever. But I think, I think in a sense, yeah, like um, there, I feel like Screamo is just, there are different types of Screamo, sure. you know, okay. um, like, I mean, in, in terms of like, not in terms of music, but more in terms of just like the philosophy and the lifestyle they live where, um, like you have big bands that are known like foxtails and all that that have socials and right. that's because they've had such a huge following already thanks to like you know like um scram cave and all those other like platforms and then you have bands that like you 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 try to find out how did they even get like contacted to play these shows because they're <laughs> exactly most of them are that's super what I, silent. those are my questions <laughs> like is there a and, gmail and the, account or something like yeah and and uh it's in this yeah like um i i don't even know and i feel i feel like it's just like i also just a matter of like which wave of like the screamo community you were in right um and i and or just like how how like how much of a veteran you are in the scene i mm -hmm. think that also helps a lot with it yeah like a lot like now we're at a wave you know where you know the people who are joining these bands or were similar to like in 19 in the 90s and where you know they were oh we're all like angsty 20 year olds just wanting to get angry we don't really want to make like we don't want to get big off of this we just want to use it as an outlet right but now that now that like for some reason again heavy music has a resurgence it's like i can get angry but i can also make a living being angry but the thing is is that 
you know, screamo as as it was twenty years ago is still an inaccessible genre. Right. <laughs> like, may, like, of course you can you can make music off of it and you'll get like a thousand people. But if you want to do if you want to make it full time, you kind of have to switch it up a bit. Like yeah. I've noticed that lots of lots of bands that start off you know as screamo or screamo adjacent are now you know doing metalcore or hardcore because either they've grown from the sound or they just know that. If I want to make music full time, I can't just constantly make like screamo. Like yeah. lots of screamo bands are also just short lived. Like I, I can't think I can't think of a screamo band right now that's been around for more than like ten years, and I haven't either switched their sound or or just just don't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, and and I think there's so, uh, even in screamo, but also in other genres, there's almost. Um, there's almost like a, a notion of bands who, who will do side projects, but they won't do those mm. side projects as full-time touring, exploring all the regions. Yeah. They'll do like one-off fly-ins or, or something to that effect. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot too. Um, like, yeah, lots of side projects are either like hardcore or it's just completely different where it'd be like dream pop or like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like Pygmy yeah, Lush. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then, yeah, it's like, they don't tour a lot. You don't see them tour the US a lot like they would with their main project. Yeah. You, you, like you said, it'll be like one-offs where it's either like a regional tour or like an interstate or a 401 run, like I would say. Or <laughs> or or it's just like, okay, yeah, we're going to play one show, then not play for 20 years and then come back and yeah. play it all again. Um, I, can, I don't even know like what that what that is, but I think it was just more like, again, like, there's something just about like I don't know screamo where it's like I guess the lyrical content and the overall emotion you get from it is like you know it's cool until you're like 25 and then you're like and then you're like and then you're like all right well I'm 25 like I'm 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 making songs about poetic like angst I don't know if I can do this anymore but like I there's of course there's like you know there's a whole bunch of people who've been doing it for so long that like like there are practically legends like like tom schlatter from like hundreds of au and they were in like so many bands Mm -hmm. like you and i and and capacities and all that and then i look at like you know people like him and i'm like wow like you know they people like that will keep the flame going and then you know there's there are just some people now like in the newer wave where it's like yeah you know super into it but now i just don't see myself in it anymore yeah. And I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's just like, again, because of the whole wave of like core bands now just having the spotlight again, you know, it's, it's almost like a resurgence or revival of like yeah. core bands again. And people are just like, oh man, a band, uh, uh, like, you know, like so, something that was cool in like the nineties and like two thousands is now do, coming like back again in like the 2010s and 2020s. And I think like there's some sort of curiosity being peaked into that mm-hmm. and yeah, I can see they that. get into it. Yeah. And then they get into it and sort of like fade away from Screamo. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of what happened with me. Like I was super into Screamo in like 2017, 2018. And then like, I guess the whole wave of like these new core bands happened and I just got super into hardcore and super into metalcore. And now like Screamo is just like, it's not a thing of the past for me. It's like every so often I'll listen to like one, two Screamo bands, but like, I will listen to I write I would probably listen to a core band more than like a screamo band at this point. Yeah. And I I don't know if it's just like my if it's just like I've been refined and like I'm or if it's just I or if I'm just 
angrier as a person than I was back then. Like, I can't, I don't know, but I would definitely say that, like, the the wave of just, like, the wave of just these new core bands and, like, past core bands coming back have just been definitely, like, have refined my path as to where I want to go. Like, like uh, you know, like, seeing bands like CU Space Cowboy and, like, and Knock Loose and all those just playing big shows now yeah which is like something you probably wouldn't have seen in like years back it's just insane. i remember watching videos of knock loose playing to literally like 30 kids and everyone's yeah. like what the fuck is this band and now they're like you know probably they're not probably a, the, a, the most influential core band to kind of steer yeah steer things that's in it. the last few I, years for and sure it's 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 insane to think you know like yeah like a band that was that I'm sure they didn't think they were going to do it full time. You know, they're probably just like, yeah, we're just angry kids making angry music. And then you release like a band and then you release something through like pure noise. And then that album is now a staple of metalcore where every local metalcore band and their grandmother is doing a cover of Counting Worms <laughs> just to like please the crowd. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, just like, and that's the thing. And you, you just, you can just you just have to hear the ding, ding, ding. people are like I already know what song this is. This right. is gonna happen. It's right. insane. It's 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 cool to it's cool to just see like you know something that was that would probably be considered lame like a decade ago is now just like <laughs> so cool. Yeah, and people want to do it. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and and I've I've learned this with everything is like when when you have more eyes, maybe there's more like hate that comes your way as people yeah. being like, yeah, I don't like this. Um, it was it was really weird when we were doing um that we did a playlist that kind of featured like black musicians in in hardcore and metalcore yeah. and just and it it went out way more than i expected i think the highest amount of likes on a playlist band graphic i've ever gotten was like 300 and that got mm -hmm. 800 so people were just like pushing it out and then all these people <laughs> were like why isn't this band why isn't jesus peace on here it's like there's a reason i didn't put jesus peace like they are like if if people are gonna uh be like oh i i listen to black musicians they're always gonna point to jesus peace so i was say like jesus peace yeah <laughs> i'm like it's, let's it's, yeah, let's that's... try and feature some some bands that aren't signed yeah. a you know have less than a thousand followers um yeah yeah but yeah jesus jesus peace is the jesus peace is the bad brains of metalcore pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i like i love jesus peace i love them so much i love aaron but like it's 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 of course if if you know of course it, if i go to pick, course, i think is it's is an easy pick if yeah, it, up, yeah that's it it's yeah. just yeah it's it's just it's just the same thing like if i was a black person at a punk show it'd be like you listen to bad brains bro it's the same thing as like you know oh you're you're at a metalcore show you listen to jesus peace bro like yeah <laughs> like and yeah, there's and there's just so many like black bands out there that that deserve so much more like recognition. Yeah, and and like it's it's nice that like it's nice like that playlist like showed me so much I was just not aware of. Oh, awesome! And that, I was, that makes me happy to hear that. It, yeah, <laughs> and it was great. You know, like like I I honestly think that like yeah like black black musicians just get swept under the rug so much and just you know just because just because the scene is just majorly white, you know? And, and like, those who make it into the big leads are usually, like, either all male or all black, or all white, sorry. Yeah. And um, so it's nice to know that, you know, there are certain bands that are helping that out with, like, you know, like, yeah, such as, like, Jesus Peace and Blood Bather and Unity TX and all of them, like, spearheading, like, the whole black, 
like people of color heavy scene which yeah. is great yeah um, but it's it's just nice to know that you know there are other bands out there that deserve the same amount of recognition if not you know 100 percent enough <laughs> yeah yeah and i think like you know shout out to move um to be all end all end it buggin mm-hmm. there's there's so many yeah um there's so many bands that i found out uh the first time that we did that and the i guess we'll, we'll call it the second wave because um mm-hmm. and and i'm hoping you know with all the conversations that are going on right now that we move into uh an era of hardcore where like um where white people are the minority and there's just this yeah. sea of of beautiful races and just diversity yeah. to what everyone at a hardcore show would be like oh yeah mm-hmm. we're diverse but like you know there's maybe that's like it, it, one it. two dudes who are black yeah, at, at the hardcore show so. yeah that's um that was that's one thing um that's one thing i loved about ldb um when i went to ldb it was like Every hardcore show I've gone to here is like, you know, I'd either be the only black person or, you know, for one black person, there were like 10 white people. Sure. Whereas LD, LDB, I felt really at home because there was diversity right there. Of course, yeah, like there were like a majority of white people, but like it was nice going to a show you could and see being the, like, the, the yeah, like from, from an, yeah, from an, like an eye shot, you know, I'd see like a, like a sea of black people and then like, or like just black people in the pit just enjoying themselves. And, it was nice to see that, you know, um, you know, coming from a, again, coming from a scene where I'm the biggest minority and it was just nice seeing like, Hey, like there's, there's so much like black unity and people of, like unity of people of color in, in a scene like that mm-hmm. and having that platform to do so like, yeah, like bands like bugging, just having that platform and using that platform that they have to, you know, spread awareness of like you know like the issues that we have as black people and not just in the scene but like in in like america and then other countries as well and it's just really nice to you know to know that um especially in this in this little community of hardcore that lots of black voices are being heard yeah and yeah and hopefully from then pushes up yeah and i think like i've learned a lot especially talking with like uh brianna and braxton and like all these other people on some separate podcasts about like you know just learning the fact that like you know just because someone has that like minority aspect of their race or you know whatever they aren't you know we we as you know the the white people if you want to call excuse me call it that shouldn't be expecting you know those messages in the music like brianna was saying like i just want to write music about posers and just like have a good time and i think that Mm -hmm. we should you know not you know not put expectations on that and just let the music be be the music and if it's political that's that's awesome and if it's not that's cool too that's Um, cool too uh, so on that topic, um, you were mentioning that like, you know, you're, you, you feel like going to maybe a local show in Toronto, like you're one of the, the biggest minorities in, in the crowd, mm-hmm. um, not only being black, but also being non-binary. And I guess yeah. I was curious on just like what goes through your mind on some of those occasions, because not only are you comparing, uh, or just like seeing that from like a crowd aspect, but also people in, in our, uh, shared common interest of documenting bands. So, because yeah. I only off the top of my head, shadow Carissa, if you're listening, uh, as far as <laughs> knowing one other non non-binary photographer, but 
when it comes to like a, a black photographer, I, I struggle to, to name drop someone. So talk to me about mm -hmm. that aspect of finding that identity in a, in a C word that's not common by any means. It's, 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 it's very, it, it's very tough. And I'm going to be honest, if it wasn't for Twitter, I would have probably not found another black photographer um yeah. <laughs> like twitter has helped me so much just finding like my like a non-binary and a black or a black non-binary photographer and it's helped a lot but I, it's just really it's really tough like i i sometimes it's like sometimes it feels like i have to like push harder to to even put my to even give myself a little platform it's like it's like the platform I have right now is great. I didn't think I'd make it this far solely because for the same reason that, um, you know, like I'm, I'm black and I'm non-binary. It was just like, that's already two minorities that like people just shrug away from. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and it was weird, you know, like being in the, being on the photography community on Twitter for like almost two years now, it was weird how like, non-binary or like black non-binary photographers would do so much beautiful work and like outstanding work only for it to get like maybe less than 100 likes and then like a cis white male photographer will take a picture of like a naked girl on the train tracks and it'll get like 200,000 like likes and like a sponsorship with canon and all that right. and and it was just weird to see that, you know, and a part of me was like, I don't like I it, it boggles my mind to see like what what is going on that, you know, these opportunities are given to like exploited like photographers who are just like I have a camera compared to like people who who are just like me, who are actually doing work with the camera and doing art with it. Mm -hmm. And I like it's weird, um, but if there's one thing I've noticed recently too, is that um, while we do have, while we are getting a platform right now because of the, you know, the whole current like racial tensions and everything. Sure, yeah. um, I, I just, it, it still feels weird to me, you know, that, you know, we are giving a, a voice to talk to, we're giving a platform to share our work with, but it feels weird because it's like, it took, it took like a black man to die <laughs> for us to have that platform mm -hmm. and sometimes and sometimes like it feels like people are choosing us just because we're black you know like it, it's like it's like i get it like you want you want to show that there is more diversity in the community but at the same time it feels kind of performative when people are like that's a black non-binary photographer we'll pick them just because right like i i got you if yeah. it, it feels it feels it feels weird it feels performative and like as much as I appreciate, you know, getting a, a platform for it, it's like it's like there's more to it than, you know, just my skin and what my identity is like, sure. you know, like my portfolio's out there, my Instagram's out there, my Twitter's out there. Maybe like, yeah, sure. Pick pick me if you want my photos. But if you're still looking for a diversity quota, make sure that the diversity quota isn't just because I'm diverse. Sure. And it's because sure. there's quality behind it. Right. And um. I mean, I'm happy. I'm like, again, like I said, it's like, I'm really happy that we are giving a platform for it, mm -hmm. but I just, it, it just sucks to think what happened in order for us to get this platform. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm hoping like it, 
I, I've heard similar uh, perspectives and feelings around that with other guests where they've talked about like alternative press doing this like black black bands you need to listen to now. And yeah. it's like, okay, like, you know, like, well, I, th- I think, I think it was Braxton who was talking about that, that it was like his homie and they put his, you know, face big banner on the blog post. And he's like, I'm yeah. not even in that band anymore. Like yeah. I was. Yeah. But, I saw that. Tweet. So like, funny. you know, you know, this, this conversation, I hope on the, on the outside doesn't feel like, Oh, I'm just like trying to, you know, make sure that I'm in check. Like, me and you have yeah, yeah, talked no. <laughs> about doing this for a while yeah, and, we, I, and we, i'm not saying that you're uh, you're uh you're coming yeah, at yeah, me yeah. with that but i do i do agree that there is this weird like m like like people want to keep the conversation rolling versus just like oh i'm yeah. posting my selfies at the beach now um but like mm-hmm. you know like i i hope that this is a conversation that we continue to talk about and that when yeah. we do you know certain lists to highlight like a photographer it's just like included in there and then people are just finding that out like oh yeah i i, I didn't know that alice was yeah. not black and non-binary that's that's awesome versus like big spotlight on you <laughs> yeah you know? just because you know that's that's the thing it feels and like it, it and that's the thing that also bugs me because it, it makes people in the up in the opposing views think that we we want that like we want to have the spotlight on us and it's like no that's not what we want we want equality and then it's nice that you're giving you know you're giving the privilege and and the priority to us but it's like we're we're not trying to we're not trying to do a we're not trying to be like overthrow how things are right it's just it's just like if 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 you're doing something yeah like a list or or recommendation maybe it'd be nice, you know, to just add it on there, you know, instead of being like, oh, by the way, this band has a black person in yeah. it. Like, it, it, it's it, essentially it feels... adding all these asterisks to like, yeah. that, and it's like, everyone should it's... like be on the same playing field. I think, yeah. I, I, think I saw a, a graphic where it's like, what people on the opposing side, on the opposing side think uh, what Black Lives Matter mean. And it's like a black fist above all, like every other shade um, yeah. but in real realistically and this was like the the fold of that graphic it's like all the fists at the same level um that's it. yeah so i that's, that's that's it and yeah like that's that's the thing it's that even now with you know like the whole black lives matter movement like getting a platform a bigger platform than it did in, in the past few years it it just feels weird now that like you know silly things are happening where it's like the like Simpsons are like, yeah, we're not gonna cast white people for our people of color voices. Family Guy's not doing it either, and and then like they're changing things to like Black Lives Matter Plaza and all that. And it's like, no, we just want to be seen as equal. We don't want a, we don't want a pedestal. Right. <laughs> like, if we're giving a pedestal, make sure that the pedestal gives us in the same equal height as everyone else. That's all we want. We don't want to be put on top of everyone else. And it's these it's these type of performative actions why you know the opposing view is like why not all lives matter because people are just making it seem like only we should be the spotlight when it's like no we just want to be treated the same way as you would with other counterparts right and i i think i think i saw something where it's like yes all lives matter but saying that is completely disregarding what we're actually trying to accomplish here that's that's it yeah it's yes all lives do matter that's not what we're you know that's not what black lives matter is trying to discard it's just that in 
if if in the states or in Canada, you know, black people make up maybe less than fifteen percent of the population, but yet when it comes to like you know crimes, like sorry, getting like arrested by like cops and getting arrested and just being treated like Stops, crap in, in the judicial you know, system, yeah, you know, when 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 the amount of systemic racism we have to deal with is like on a chart breaks the scale compared to everyone else, then that's what we mean it's like yes like all lives do matter but like if yeah if we're a small population yet we're making up so much of the amount of systemic discrimination that's happening right now then that's we we just want that to happen yeah so that's why that's why people say all lives don't matter until black lives do because again yeah all lives matter just pushes under the rug the problems we have to deal with Mm -hmm. and even yeah, and even that it's not it's not like we're saying white people don't deal with the same issues we do. Of course, you know there are white people who get shot by cops, who get mistreated by cops, who who also deal with the same amount of discrimination. It's just that systemically, it does it does not add up to the amount of discrimination we face. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. like statistically, it just does not make sense. Yeah, the the stats don't lie, and um, <laughs> exactly. and I think uh, shout out to anyone in the states who is like just essentially giving the middle finger to like July the 4th and everyone's like being patriotic. It's like all countries matter. <laughs> like, Yeah. Okay. That, that, that killed me. My yeah, favorite was, was, uh, my favorite, sorry. My favorite tweets were, um, yeah, like the all countries matter. And then someone was like, because Bob Ross died like 25 years ago, okay. like that to, uh, yesterday. And they were like, yeah, like screw America. I'm going to commemorate Bob Ross. And they were like, <laughs> happy fourth Bob Ross. And I was like, I love this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that that too. It's just it, and and same same with like Canada. Like, I think that's also one thing I want to talk about is just like we're not perfect either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people 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 in the states are like, well, you know, man, I could be I could be in Canada right now or Canada must like enjoy being like a peaceful country and it's like no, like black people still face the same amount of discrimination and indigenous people face it even more mm-hmm. so it's like even here like when when canada Day happened people were like waving the middle finger in canada being like no like yeah. we're celebrating 153 yeah. years of like discrimination and and treating indigenous people like crap it's like what's the point right yeah <laughs> like it, it feels like you know and and I was seeing it with both just because it's in the same week and just like yeah. how like what 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 do we actually have to celebrate for that we like like maple syrup and beavers like yeah like, I would like, oh like, we like maple <laughs> yeah like, it's like oh, I, we like maple syrup beavers yeah like and free healthcare I, yeah like they're like I I think that overall like just re like it it makes me excited that the conversation is moving forward of like, no, like we mm-hmm. shouldn't be celebrating these things that are like, like there are so many things flawed with, with both countries. And, um, and we really can't, you know, plant a, a flag or shoot off fireworks until like, there's some actual change. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, it's, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a messy time. Um, but to, to go back to that, um, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that we didn't uh, miss this point because uh, you brought it up as far as like people being like following your work uh, just based off of your skin color versus like, do they actually like your work? And um, yeah. me and my wife did like some, uh, it was like a couple shoot thing and they had uh, a number of different photographers all taking photos at the same time. And I followed up with like a, a few of them that... Um, 
that I did like their photos. And then I saw one of them just during this time, they were like, unfollow me if you're just following me because of like the color of my skin. Like I'm not here yeah. to like, you know, be your, your token box for your, um, your community. Yeah. So, um, have you had a face to face, like confrontation with something with someone in that regard or has it just been like an online like i'm not 100 sure if you're fucking with me because of the right <laughs> reason it's it's always been it's always been online um i've like face to face it's more i don't know like i feel like people people are more reserved face to face when it comes to like stuff like that right. whereas like yeah online i've seen it a lot where um i mean like Recently, I did a I did a little interview about what it's like being non non binary, and and uh, I, I there are just people who were like following me and like I mean it was nice to give a platform about it, but yeah, there are just people who like I know were just following me because it was like oh, you're black and non binary, um I don't care about your work I just I just need I just need someone so I don't you know to come off as performative or woke or whatever, right. and. I've I've had a few people where, and it usually happens a lot in like online forums more than like in per like in face to face like one one to one. It's like, you know, like I'll, like someone will just be like, oh, you know, I'm looking for like I'm I'm looking for black photographers, and it's like a white person, and or you know, I'm looking for like a black like blank, and then I'll just be like, what's like if if what you're looking for is just because they're black. And it's not because, you know, the, the content they deliver or the quality of their work that impresses you, then there's no point of making this threat at all. You know, right. it, it's, it, it's just, it's just like, you're coming off. I like, it, it just seems like, it just seems like you're like, you're writing it and then you're like, yeah, that'll please the blacks. You know, it feels, sure. it yeah. feels weird. Right. <laughs> it feels weird. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I totally agree that, that, you know, I, it doesn't feel like that's a good intention kind of thing where it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm no. trying to do this where like, just look at someone's work and, and mm -hmm. how they execute it. And, you know, hopefully you're not taught that like, you're going to make a, a final decision based off seeing them face to face. Like yeah. it should, the work should just speak for itself. That's, that's probably what that saying, that the, saying is trying yeah. to get at. Yeah. Yeah. The work should just speak for itself. And uh, you know, if you like it, sure you know follow me you know like um there's just like you know and i've noticed a lot too you know i i got a weird wave of followers i think like recently mm. on instagram and it's weird because you can tell who's really here for the work and who's just really here to have like a token following you know just based on the interaction of your post and based sure. on, on on of course you know yeah there's multiple factors like you know the crappy algorithm and every platform and all that yeah but it's it's like it's like even from then you can based on the interactions you get you can easily tell who was there because they actually support your work or who was there because you know they're like yeah i saw your name on a on a thread of like black creatives i think i should follow you just to look like a good person but yeah. i'll never talk to you i'll never interact with your work i frankly don't give a damn about your work i just want a black person on my following yeah so and, I don't, I don't, and that follow is like, not for you. It's really for them to be like, it's really for I'm them. Doing my, yeah, like, my, my part. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like I gain nothing from it and they're definitely not going to gain anything from it other than like a clutter, I guess. And it's like, that's the thing. It's just like, it's just like, it's so like 
not genuine <laughs> it's gross yeah yeah and uh i i all i'll apologize for when this podcast goes live if if i if you get a surge of followers based off of that but i i oh that's fine <laughs> i back your work a lot i was really really impressed with the photos that i saw and you know like again like i yeah. stated at the beginning like it's it's been cool to see you getting the opportunities that you're getting um to kind of oh, shift you. back to the photography aspect um do you want to rattle off some of the the nerdy gear stuff as far as what you're shooting yeah. with what you edit yeah. with all that kind of stuff so um uh currently i, I use a canon 60 to shoot um i i did the upgrade exactly la like last year exactly i think oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah um yeah i did the upgrade just in time for 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 my first tour gig i had a 60d back then it was a crop frame um didn't like it i liked i liked it until i got into the gist of photography and i was like i don't like it <laughs> so <laughs> got a got a canon 60 very good very good starter full frame camera um would definitely recommend it to like anyone who wants to start full frame or yeah if anyone wants to go from crop to full perfect starter for that yeah. um as lenses go um i depending on what i do i have different lenses for it so like portraits and stuff i use like my nifty 50 uh so it's a 50 millimeter with 1.8 one yeah 1.8 1 1.4 aperture i don't remember <laughs> i haven't touched a camera in like months yeah um, <laughs> and uh um i have um i have a 35 millimeter which is perfect for like um it's for it's really perfect for just it's just of medium length like anything medium length is is good my go-to lens for, for concerts is a 14 mil um just wide angle lenses are just my thing like it, it there's just something about it where it makes you feel more immersive in a concert mm -hmm. than like a a, a, a a full like a full length or like a medium length uh uh camera lens so um, and especially with me usually still shooting like dive bars and like DIY venues and some smaller venues, it's it's really nice to have a 14 mil where it just, it takes the whole entire, you know, scenery of what it is, like from the ceiling to the top without, I guess, too much distortion. Sure. <laughs> um, so the 14 mil is, is really perfect for that. Um, that's my go-to lens, like I said, for, especially for the past two tours I've done, I've always used that. Um, and if I was going to do like little B-roll stuff, like for, you know, um, just like sh on shooting cute stuff on the road or whatever, I'll use my 35 or my nifty 50, right. but for shows, yeah. it's always my 14. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, my flash is just a Godox flash. I don't remember the model of it, but, um, Godox is really good for what it costs. It's, it's like, it's, it's like almost professional level, but you're paying less than like a hundred dollars for it or like, or even less than two fifty max for like the best you can get. Right. So, um, flash is what I use for that is the Godox flash. I don't remember the name of the model. Yeah. Uh, again, cause I haven't shot in like five months. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like for SD cards, I always have like, I have like five <laughs> and, um, they're always between 32 or 64 gigs with like 10 speed um uh yeah 10 speed and like 4k and 4k filming and all that so um which is perfect for i've been i i started doing video on my last tour okay. in like yeah. in december with frail body and for your health and um it was perfect it was great um it, it 
caused me no problems. But then I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm going to do more video this time. And then right now, if it weren't for COVID, I would have been on tour with For Your Health like for like almost 50 days. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been like... You would have needed been... to have a, an external just for that tour, it sounds like. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And and yeah, I always, I always have a... I always bring my external too, just in case. Yeah. But yeah, I would have had an external just for that where... And yeah, it was 50 days and we were going to start in Vancouver and then full U.S., one Mexico date and then back in Toronto for new friends. But um, yeah, COVID. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so going back, you listed off some of the gear um, and how, like, I, I've seen some of your work on, on some recent tours and I know a lot of people that use that like more fisheye kind of um, mm-hmm. those kind of like wider lenses will do stuff like really high up above like a drummer or vocalist or like get it like really close so it like really it's like creates yeah. it in that kind of like show like environment but i saw that s- there was some times where you're actually holding the camera really low to the ground and shooting upwards um mm-hmm. there's one photo and and for forgive me for not remembering the band name but uh there's like the drummer and either the bass player or guitarist and just like how you uh compose that was like really 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 cool and unique to see um so is is some of that just like uh experimenting with with different angles while you're doing that or is there specific photographers that you're pulling influence Uh, from for that 100 percent um um i've the low angle thing i've definitely pulled off from brandon da costa (laughs) um uh it was just like he he's also the reason why i got a 14 um because i spoke to him before, right, like a few days before tour, we we were at a we were at Rarity's um album release show, and then I was just like, "What lens? What lens do you use?" Because I've I've tried like I had a twenty four in my crop frame, and I didn't like it. It wasn't it didn't work. And he's like, "I got a 14. so I like bought it on Amazon immediately, and I was like, "Cool." Yeah. Um, but the low angle thing I've definitely gotten from from Brandon Dacosta is just the way he does it is just really nice. Mm-hmm. Um very it feels it feels it feels cinematic in a way when he does it so i was like you know i should try that out and then um and then from then when i started doing it i i noticed that the photos showed more dimension and more com- like composition and it was just beautiful so it started from that and then like all the other and then i realized that hey i have a wide angle so instead, instead of just always doing up i can do like and like from down up i can do like from up down or or different weird things with the angles and from so like nine times out of ten it is experimenting what i do but i'd be lying if i said i didn't pull it off from someone so right. yeah like brandon seeing brandon do that with his like 14 mil was like i like this is cool i want to do it you know and and it's it's nice that like uh you know something that like i kind of like got inspired from is not like a trademark of my style you know it's like people people look at my photos and are like yeah wide angle unique angles all that and it's like yeah it's just all my wide angle like doing the job <laughs> yeah yeah and i and i I'm, I'm i'm a firm believer if like you know people always argue like originality is dead but i think that you take influence from a bunch of different things and you put it together to make your own thing like to make it yours yeah so, some of my yeah, very I, early like videos even before scoped i was like this is like very close to copy and pasting Sonny's work, but now, like, I feel like I've definitely honed my own, like, you know, there, there's yeah, yeah. obvious influence, but like the way I shoot and edit and just dis- distribute, I feel 
is more like it's like more you yeah it's more more me for sure yeah yeah that's that's the same it's like yeah i definitely agree with that like there's 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 just so many like from early on you know like there's just so many things where it feels you know like if like i look at i'm like this is a copy paste of someone i'm so certain like i i'm gonna get like flamed for it i'm gonna get like knocked out for it and then you know, I just implement them all together. And then it's just nice now, like now, you know, I, I can post a photo or someone will look at a photo and be like, that's an Alice photo. Like Alice did that photo. Right. And it's like, it's like, yeah, you know, it's cool. And, you know, like, um, yeah, like before, you know, in my early, in my earlier shoots that I don't have photos for anymore, thank God. Um, <laughs> like my style is like, yeah, faded colors. And then I didn't like it. And then I went to, you know, more vibrant colors. And I was like, I didn't like it that much. And then I, I think I grabbed from someone like the whole concept of grain, just like because I saw I saw a friend of mine who was shooting with film and I was like, oh, I love the feel of film. Mm-hmm. So, you know, grain has always been a part of me since then. And I don't think I can ever get that out of my life now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh grain has always been a part of 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 my photos and and yeah like again from brandon just the whole wide angle angles and stuff and implementing that yeah with the with the grain and like the high contrasts of like my black and whites and all that i feel like now when people look at a photo you know they're like i know that i know who shot that you know which is cool yeah because i was struggling yeah and i think it's totally fine to like you know like like not not point out like deliberately but like i i can definitely say that there's some similarities with your photo work to like cole who's on our team as far as the wide Mm -hmm. angle black and white style um gabe uh the pigeon in california also does a lot of that but i know all those people do a number of different styles as well and i like when you think about it if you or or i as far as being a creative is going to be doing this for like you know 60 years in total obviously there's going to be some ebbs and flows some, yeah uh changes in in styles and work like who knows in in 10 years scope could not even look like what it is right now i i almost right now, bet yeah. on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the thing like i even told myself like i'm sure like five years from now like and i've noticed that like every year i look at a photo you know and i, I guess it's normal for, for creative so every year you look at a photo and you're like I shot that. I don't. I can't believe I shot that. That doesn't, that doesn't look like. Right. That doesn't look like my style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I'm even willing to bet that like, you know, like yeah, five years from now, there's gonna be a whole big gap between like what I shoot now and what I'm going to shoot then, and the style it has, and and the compositions and everything it has. Like, that's the one thing that's cool with photography is that, um, and and videography and all just creative stuff is that yeah, it looks it looks liminal from a surface point of view, but once you really get into it, there's just so much you can do. Right. And every year, you know, every year and a year is being like a bit, I guess, gen- like generous, but like even maybe even like three months, someone will come in and break, break a new dimension. Right. On, and on how yeah. photography should be. And, and then, and then that, that dimensional break, will cause a new trend and people will just do it and yeah. it becomes yeah. a part of the photography standard. And that's, what's cool with it is that, you know, to think that maybe five years ago, the standard was, yeah, keep your composition rule of thirds, all that. And then now, you know, in a, in a, in an era of like editorial type photography, it's like, 
man rule of thirds doesn't matter like whatever you shoot whatever it's yeah. fine it'll, it'll look good and and it's just amazing to think that that um you know like that standard changes every like very often mm-hmm. and and Hard agree hopefully on that. yeah and hopefully that like that constant change of standards will make it so that people don't feel too demotivated into shooting because I've noticed that like that's the one thing that people always have a problem with when they come when they start with photography is that they're like I don't have a good eye you know or or it's like these photographers do it like this and I don't want to fit in that box and I and if I have to fit in that box to get a platform I just don't want to do it and you know and it's like cool to see now especially on Twitter where every photographer don't like every photographer has their own different standards and those standards are what's helping them grow. Uh, and, and it's, and then hopefully from that, it's just realizing that like photography is just, it's just like visualizing things in your style and not just visualizing things in the standard right. that, you know, you're taught at school or you're taught in like a photography workshop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> Yeah, I, I was I was thinking about this earlier too. Like, there's not, there's definitely not a uh, a. Oh, I'm getting the charge your laptop alert. <laughs> uh, but there's definitely not a. Um, what what's happening, Spencer? My <laughs> screen's going black. Okay. Um, yeah, there's definitely not like a show photography 101 or anything no. like that. A yeah. lot of that is like just learn the hard way with people pushing you out of the way or kicking your camera out of your hands or like yeah. shooting an entire show and being like, Oh, I don't like any of these or, or whatever it is. Yeah, but, um, it's, it's yeah. Like I, for, for that, like even, even at, even in school when I was going for it, like there was no show photography or one oh one. you know, there was yeah. event photography one oh one. but then even then it was like, not like, you have to event do this, photography this, this, doesn't this, teach you about stage dives and yeah that's killers. it you know yeah that's it it's like yeah i mean maybe if you yeah that's the thing it's like yeah event photography can help but it won't yeah it won't it won't teach you the hazards of yeah someone crowd killing or someone stage diving or dealing with someone who does not want their photo taken so they swat it out your hand and or they don't do you with oh what happens when you know you're you're shooting and and the band that the main band is playing at you know, with red lights <laughs> and and there's a three song yeah. minimum, the three song maximum. And all those three songs are like 45 seconds. What do you do then? What do you do then? Right. You know, like they don't teach you stuff like that. Where's and the chapter on stage potatoes and how to deal with them? <laughs> you know, how to deal with them, you know, or, or yeah. Or so it's, it's, it's nice. Yeah. Like that's a cool thing with show photography is that you learn something every day. There is, I don't think, I don't think even like the masters of it, like Adam Omakis could say that, you know, they're a master at it, that they don't need to learn anything new. Right. Like um, it was cool when, um, when they did the editing challenge and then I posted my edit challenge and I got featured on his YouTube as like the best photo he had. Oh, and then he was like, awesome. and then, he, and then he was like, yeah, you like, you should do a tutorial on that because that's insane. I was like, yo, if even like the, like the king of like concert photography is like, got teach you how to do that. I'm like, yo, like even even like there's no such thing as like being like well versed in it right um and that's the yeah like concert photography is just a thing of hazard it's like you can't you don't you don't go you don't go you're not on your way to a concert knowing what's gonna happen right like you're not gonna be like okay i'm sure this person's gonna use like blue lights the whole time i'm going to like put a preset prepare a preset for it and everything like 
you never know and that's also one thing i like worth mentioning too is that the fun of the fun of show photography goes from the minute you're you're you hear about it and you're ready to go from like post production and when you're sending it yeah. like it's just nonstop it's just a nonstop like learning process throughout and and i think that's just it's just cool and that's what makes it really fun and that's what motivated me to get into it more it was just like compared to all the other forms of photography this one is just like i can be doing this for like 25 years and i'll still like i'll still be like all right i didn't know that was gonna happen <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. Well, well this happened I have to take a picture of it like it's just amazing yeah yeah and i i think that's a great way to kind of wrap up here is just like the the overall um never getting I'm going to say this poorly, but just never, there's never a dull moment at a hardcore there's show. Never a dull moment. Yeah. Especially at a hardcore show. Yeah. Like insane. Like, uh, the, the knock loose show the knock loose did a surprise set in LDB. So that like already got me. <laughs> and then, uh, just taking that photo of that guy who jumped on the monitor off. Like, right, yeah. I do not, remember did, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Did not, did not like, I, I don't know why, but like, I guess cause I was so into like knock loose playing that like, I just shot anything happening. And then when I edited oh, the photo, it wasn't even like, oh, this is happening. It was yeah, just like, not even, it was just like, oh, yeah, literally. Yeah. It was just like, oh, wow. And then I took like, and then like I was editing and I saw like that, that shot, perfect shot. I'm like, yo, what? Like yeah, I took that. That's oh my God. Cool. So that's, yeah. It, and it's just like, it's just like small joys like that. That makes it so fun yeah. to do. And like, that's why I want to do it often. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Well, Alice, yeah. this has been a really great conversation. Uh, I, I feel yeah. like we hit on some fun stuff, on some serious stuff. Uh, is yeah. there any any final wrap-up thoughts that you want to share on photography, uh, on, on really anything that you want to kind of yeah. send uh, off the audience? I mean, despite living in some awful times right now, um, you know, it's, it's never a dull moment to, uh, you know, hone your skills, whether it be from editing or just shooting, you know. Um, there's so much to do out there despite, you know, like social distancing. There's so much to do on the computer. You know, um, there's never a dull moment with photography, you know, um, you know, take some old photos, edit them to your style, shoot some new stuff outside, you know, discover some new paths onto photography that you may not even know you had an interest in until today. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, uh, despite living in, in some, you know, awful times where we can't go out and do much, it's still a perfect time to, you know, grow so that when, we finally find a vaccine. We uh, you, we can be titans, I guess, of photography. <laughs> titans of photography. I of I don't photography. think that could have been said any better. <laughs> um, how do people keep up with your work on social or uh, a website that you want to plug? Yeah, uh, so uh, you can catch me on uh, you can catch me on Instagram uh, hirsch.cr2. Um, my Twitter is underscore Alice Hirsch. Uh, and, uh, yeah, those are the two best places you can find my work. Um, my portfolio is hirschmedia.ca and, uh, yeah, those are places you can see my work and, uh, interact with me if you want. <laughs> awesome. Well, Alice, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you, uh, squeezing me in, in the middle of you helping a friend yeah. move today no <laughs> and, uh, yeah, hope, hopefully we can do this again real soon. Yeah. I'm hoping for that too. <laughs> Thank you so much.